I'm Jacqueline Carl, and today I'm spending a few moments with Three Doors Down. Guys, I'm glad you're here. Brad and Chris, Brad Arnold and Chris Henderson are with me now. Tell me about the tour. It's called the Rock and Roll Express Tour. It's going to be, uh, this tour, is a, it's going to be pretty much all summer, going for about three months and uh, going to hit a lot of places in America. It's kind of, uh, it's not really a just one region it's kind of just spread out but that's cool and uh, going out with collective soul and soul asylum this summer and looking forward to it and just pretty excited to be out on a summer tour and uh, back in the amphitheaters and go out there and sweat a little bit <laughs> are they all outdoors they are I th- well i think maybe a couple are in arenas but for the most part they're all outside and i really enjoy playing outside in the summertime and you know a lot of people oh man this must be hot and all that but it, kind of feeds into the energy of the show, you know? Yeah, but to play the guitar, I mean, do they do anything for you, to, like any fans or anything, so your fingers don't get sweaty or anything like that? I no, don't know. It, it's weird because the guitars, if they if they change temperature, they'll go out of tune. So you have to kind of, they have to stay constant all day. So their guitars will have to be out in the heat all day long, and then you'll play them in the heat. If you try to oh. cool them down right before the show, they'll <clears throat> go out of tune. So you got to live with it. I never knew that. Yep. That's so interesting. I bet a lot of people don't know that. Okay. So do you consider today your kickoff or where's the real, when is the kickoff and what city? It is, the first show is July the 6th in Atlanta, Georgia. We kind of have a couple of warm-up shows uh, that we're doing uh, prior to the tour start and they're going to be on military bases. And we have a long-standing relationship with the military and uh, are always proud to support those men and women and their families. And it's always exciting to go play a base. It's just, it, it's fun. And you know, a lot of times, the shows will be open to the public, but uh, it's predominantly uh, servicemen and women and their families, and it's it's always exciting. You get to see some cool stuff, and and like I always say, when and when people ask about uh, the shows and and doing those. You know, you'll never meet a group of people that's more appreciative of you being there than the men and women in the service. And we're appreciative appreciative of them being there. And uh, so, you know, it's a it's a good positive circle of energy and it's it's it always feeds uh, into being a, a, a fun, fun and good live show. I've heard that. I have heard that they are among the most appreciative audiences, and you do have a military background. Isn't that right, Brad? Well, Chris was in the military for 11 years, and my father was in the military, um, and my brother as well, and, and so we do have some ties to the military. How do you decide who goes on tour with you? Is that something you decide, or is that something your all the managers get in on? Um, well, it's something that's usually kind of presented to us as as maybe an option of maybe this band or this band. Um, we've been interested in going out with the Collective Soul guys for a couple of years. We've played a couple of uh, private shows and radio shows uh, with those guys over the last couple of years. And then from then on, it was kind of a management thing. The management got together and, and set it up. And you know, they come to us and ask us if we want to do it, you know, and ask for our uh, quote unquote approval. But uh, we were glad to go out with those guys and um they're southern guys as well we're we're from mississippi and those guys are from uh atlanta georgia and and uh always good to go out with some southern guys you know and southern rock and we're not really a southern rock band but you know rock rock and roll has its roots in the south and so to go out with another guy a group of guys from the south is always an exciting thing do they like to fish as much as you do i heard and i don't know if this is true that you pulled in a 150 pound tuna i did i did i'm glad to say that i done that but i don't (laughs) ever want to do it again that was a lot of work and because i wasn't in like a fishing seat i was just like Rod and reel, and had the little the little waist uh, strap you didn't have thing. A seat? No, 
It was. In, it took me an hour and forty minutes. That's pretty good considering you didn't have a seat. It was about. It weighs as much as most people. I know. I know. It wow. was. It was. It was. Like I said, I'm glad to say that I done it, but I don't ever want to do it again. I heard, Brad, that you once kicked a guy out of a concert in about 2015, I believe, for pushing a woman. Is that true? I did. I did. And uh, you know. A lot of people were supportive of it. Some people, strangely, were kind of not supportive of it. And they were talking about, well, it's like, well, what if he would have hit a guy? Well, if he did hit a guy, I would have kicked him out, too. It wasn't, I mean, he was just, it, it, he was that guy. You know, he was yep. just in the crowd being that guy. No matter who he hit, he needed to go. He needed and, to go. Uh, and, you know, I grew up believing that a man does not hit a woman. And furthermore, a man doesn't need to hit anybody unjustifiably. You know, there's times that it comes to blows and it's justified. But uh, it was not justifiable, the situation that he was creating, and uh, it was time for him to go. Do you have anything you want to tell us about? What goes on on tour? Like what you do to decompress? I've got to where, I, no matter the, the size of the town, there's always something really cool and unique about every town. And and only over the last, like maybe, you know, we've toured for for 18 years. But in the earlier years, it was more about going out and thinking you're having fun while you're partying or whatever. But none of us, we're, we're all sober now, you know. And so we get a lot more appreciation, a lot more done during our days. And... Um, we, I like to go out into every town that I'm in and see something. Every town's got some little museum or some piece of history or just something cool in nature to go see. And so I try to get out and leave the venue every day and go see something that I've not seen before. And, and in the last uh, two, two and a half years of doing that, I've got more out of going on tour than I did the previous 15. When you were partying, right? Exactly. It is. It's true. It's better to live sober. It really you is. you really do see what is going on around you. Amen. How about you, Chris? What do you like to do when you, you know, just to decompress when you're on tour? I'm uh, completely addicted to CrossFit, and that's what I do all day long. If I can do it all day, I will, but my body can't take it all day because it's tough. But uh, that's what I do. Every town I go to, I try to find a place to go work out and uh, do CrossFit. And then um, from, from there on, from that point on, it's just recovery for the show usually. But, when did you start that? Uh, about three years ago. About three years ago. Really? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you've changed your eating habits and everything? Everything has changed, 100%. And it's all directly, I can tie it all back into that and the whole kind of, the atmosphere and the community of it really can. Really? So what what was the starting point? Like what got you into the big health fitness craze then? Mm, let's see, I was, I was almost 300 pounds uh, on tour. And uh, like Brad said, we were kind of doing things the wrong way. And, and uh, I was really unhealthy, couldn't snort a lot, couldn't really sleep that well and uh, wasn't really taking care of my body. And um, one day I just decided I was like, you know, if, if I don't make a change, it's not ever going to happen. So I started making little small changes in my life and it turned into what it is today, which is. You know, def definitely do a lot of CrossFit. That's the key, though, small changes. You can't do it all at once. It's, it's a, a lifestyle change isn't something you can just be like, all right, tomorrow I'm going to be 100% different. It just doesn't work that way. And with anything, getting sober wasn't like that. I mean, of course, I got sober overnight, but it, I didn't stay sober overnight. It had to be small things, little changes, and do things a little bit differently every day. And health is the same way. It's a long game. That's a great way to put it. It's a and, long game. And, and it's working. I mean, you look very fit. You look healthy. Thank you. And so good for you for doing that. I know you get asked this a lot. 15 years old, you wrote Kryptonite in algebra <laughs> class, and they say you don't need math. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm not very good at math. <laughs> but I did. Practically, who is? <laughs> I know. I, uh, I did. And I think it was because 
I never really liked math, and um, I, I wrote probably half our first record in, in that in that same class. But I was always really into like creative writing, and I liked writing poems, and that's kind of what got me into writing songs. And at the time that I uh, wrote the lyrics for Kryptonite, I hadn't really written that many songs, honestly. I'd have probably only written five or six ever, and uh, but I liked writing poems. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um, so I had creative writing, and then I went to lunch. Got my belly full, and then I'd go to math class, mm-hmm. and so I, I would tend to like still have those thoughts from my creative writing, and then you know you're not you're not sitting there starving, and uh, so I would I would just always sit in that algebra class and write, and uh, Kryptonite was one of those songs that I just just I didn't write it. It's like I just wrote it down. It just kind of came out, you know. You know, it's funny that you would say that you like poetry because I didn't know that. But I was when I was reading all your lyrics, I kept thinking this guy's like a poet, and for fifteen years old, a very intuitive poet. Thank you. And may I also say, when I would just listen to your songs, I would think. I just naturally thought they were about the fairer sex, like the angst they may cause you, the feelings they may cause you. But when I delved in a little deeper and, you know, looked at some interviews you've done and talking about your songs, it seems like some of them are more about friendship. They are. They are, definitely. Um, And Kryptonite was definitely one of those songs. And I don't think I realized realized it as much then as I do kind of looking back on it, you know, the song is just really, it's just really asking the question about unconditional friendship. You know, it's like, will you be there for me when I'm down? But will you also be there for me when I'm doing good? You know, because we see that a lot in life and I see it a lot in life um, with, with being successful. By the grace of God, we've been successful. And, and I see it a lot with my wife. My wife races horses. She barrel races. And you see it so many times, like people like to see you do good but not better than them. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not too good. Exactly. And it's weird. It's weird how that works. And and so that song is just kind of asking that question. I think everybody can relate to that because I think we've all had our friends that we thought were great friends to us. Um, Misery Loves Company, the whole thing. And then when we got a little success or something happened, something changes. Absolutely. Or you feel, or you find out they've done something maybe to try and sabotage. Like, have you had to cut someone out of your life because they're, <clears throat> if you, they're too close, they will sabotage you yes. your happiness? Absolutely. And it's... My wife and I were talking about that the other night. It's like, well, why are people like that? And it's hard for me to kind of gather in my mind and put together why people are like that because I'm not like that. And I, my, I wasn't raised like that. And I don't have it in my heart to want to keep somebody down or hinder them. So therefore, I can't understand why somebody could be that way. You can't relate. No. And then some of the people that you thought were just kind of casual friends, sometimes they will come through. And it's through the tough situations, you know, that those people will come through and it's like, wow, I didn't realize that that guy actually was my friend and is my friend. That's true, too. I've had that happen to me. They surprised you. Yeah. You, you, you didn't realize how, how committed they were to the friendship until... Exactly. What would you say that you mostly write about? Is it what we've been talking about, friendships, relationships, things you notice about people and relationships? I'll, I've always just kind of said that I just write songs about life and, and different situations and just things that I feel. And, you know, the things that I feel... And I try to not write a write a song to be just totally closed in. I try to write it so that people can kind of make their own interpretation of what it's about, you know. Um, 
But one of the blessings, I think, of getting to do this for so long and putting my thoughts out on out on a piece of paper and into on onto a CD and and coming back and, and hearing the feedback that you get from people as to what those songs mean to them it just it blows me away how connected we all are no matter what country you live in no matter like what lane we're in it, we're all we're all the same people have the same basic emotions you're right because i have to say you're one of the more relatable bands i think Thank that you. you cross like you can i wouldn't know what your demo would be because i'm in your demo and i think so many people are i appreciate that is there any song in particular that hasn't seen as much commercial success as some of your others but you wish that it would because you know it's fraught with meaning i would say one of our newer as far as one of our newer songs a song called pieces of me um and we played it on this acoustic tour and and on the acoustic tour we get to kind of maybe explain the songs a little bit more because it's not about like the pace of the show and big lights and flashy and booms and uh, that acoustic tour gives us kind of a, a chance to explain the song so i've explained it some on that one but pieces of me <clears throat> was kind of about getting sober you know and and uh it's weird with that song because I wrote it about two years before I got sober, huh. and but I, you know, before I knew what I needed to do, I just couldn't do it, you know. Right. But that song is just about about throwing away the the weaker parts of yourself and focusing on the stronger parts of yourself, and uh, and it's strangely, my wife kind of nailed me. Uh, with with that song one night i was i was talking about i was sitting there probably i'm sure i'd been drinking or whatever and sitting there and thinking man i need i was, I was just telling her i was like man i need to i need to do something i can't i can't go on like this she said well what you need to do is start listening to some of your own lyrics and start practicing what you preach wow. and i was like is, i mean she could have kicked me in the face <laughs> it wouldn't have it wouldn't have kicked me any harder but it made me listen and and you know ultimately a little while later, I mean that her saying that always stuck with me, and it was one of the contributing factors in, in, uh, in finally straightening up. That's something. So somewhere inside of you, two years before you got sober, you knew what you needed to do, married the right woman to point that out to you, and got sober. That's right. Nice God, story. God put her right where she needed to be. What do you want everyone to know about this tour? What, what should people know? We have one goal for this tour, and we really have one goal for every tour, and that is for every person that walks out of that venue to have a smile on their face and to know that they just, that they just got their money's worth, their hard-earned money's worth that they spent on that ticket. I want them to leave thinking, man, that was worth every dime of that ticket price and more. I, I just want them to leave happy. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> so... They can expect to hear a lot of your hits. Absolutely. You know, we, we play all the hits and all the songs that people know, but we try to dig in there and get some songs that we enjoy playing and some songs that have meaning like that. And uh, and I hope people, that they will come out and, and check the show out. But, you know, even furthermore, I hope that they, I hope that those songs help them in some way. And not only that, you get to have a great time. I know. It, 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 it doesn't hurt that it's a lot of fun. Well, it doesn't seem fair. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't seem fair. Well, listen, it has been great talking with you guys. Thank you so much for stopping by with me today, Thank both you. of you. And so, you know, you have your tour. What's the name of the tour again? The Rock and Roll Express. We've just spent a few moments with Three Doors Downs, Brad Arnold and Chris Henderson. I'm Jacqueline Carl, Fox News.
The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.